Jackson in Arkansas. Filing for federal, state, county, and legislative offices wrapped up this week, and we finally know who is running for what. Because of redistricting and some key retirements and some other factors, there are more legislative primaries than usual coming up in our region. We're going to talk about that today with our political reporter, Doug Thompson, on the Know the News podcast. Welcome, and I'm your host today, Rusty Turner. I'm the editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and this podcast is brought to you by our newsroom. Thanks for joining us. Doug Thompson is here, and he's going to talk about his story that's coming up this weekend, summarizing this very competitive set of legislative primaries that we'll have this spring. Um, The election is May 24th. Doug, thanks for being here. Thank you. So let's get right to it. There are as many competitive primaries in 2022 as we've had in the last three election cycles. Exactly why is that? Rusty, I've never seen anything like it. And I started covering legislative elections in Benton and Washington counties in 1998. Uh, Go directly to the answer to your question, um, or to try to answer your question. We had redistricting. Everybody knows that. We had a U.S. Census in 2020, the district lines and legislative district lines in in Arkansas uh, were rewritten based on those census numbers, so to make sure that everybody had equal representation, equal population in each district. And one of the best-known facts is that Northwest Arkansas is growing. Well, at the same time, much of rural uh, Arkansas is not. Most of Arkansas is not, and the result is we had a big gain in legislative seats. We got a new Senate seat, three new House seats in Benton and Washington counties. Well, then on top of that, three of our five sitting senators aren't running for re-election. Uh, for one other district uh, was created whole because of the redistricting I just mentioned. So four members of the House are now running for those Senate seats, and every one of them left an open House seat <laughs> behind them. And um, then on top of that, it just yeah, these, sort, these things just sort of uh, cascaded. And the result is we have 14 primaries. Seven of those primaries, no, I say 14 primaries were, were a state legislator is going to appear on a ballot, various ballots in Washington or Benton County. Seven of those primaries are going to decide who wins. I mean, they won't have major party opposition uh, when it comes, but the rest of them are, are bitterly fought over. Uh, one district uh, in, in uh, Bentonville and Rogers and Cave Springs, uh, new House District 13, has four Republicans running in it in the primary, and whoever wins that primary is going to face a Democrat in the fall. Um, so anyway, all that, uh, like I say, it, it's a combination of factors, but it's all, it was all set off by redistricting and then all the incumbents filling the vacuum in our state Senate. And District 13, the one that has the four Republicans uh, mm-hmm. vying for the nomination, uh, that's a newly created district. That's a district it is that brand did, new. Did not exist. Did not have it well, and didn't have an incumbent living within its boundaries uh, uh, mm-hmm. when it was created. Correct. Yeah, Jonelle Ful- Fulmer, the uh, chairwoman of the of the Republican Party, uh, rightfully was quite proud of the fact we got more Republicans running this year and throughout the state than we've ever had. 
I couldn't help but smile to myself and think that, yeah, that number wouldn't be quite so big if it wasn't for House District 13. (laughs) (laughs) It was, yeah. But it is brand new. There's another one brand new in in southwestern Washington County. Uh, There's another one brand new in Benton County. And none of them had incumbents to start with. So, so back to District 13, uh, any of those, uh, you said there are four uh, Republicans and a Democrat, any of them have any, uh, any political experience at all? Uh, no, it's all, it's all folks who, I mean, pull, define as, let's define political experience as actually having held mm-hmm. state office before. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, they're mainly businessmen. And that's another trend we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of businessmen get in these primaries. Primaries that wouldn't have been contested before suddenly have, have businessmen in them. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, and you mentioned this as well. Of those 14 primaries, seven, seven people are going to win those primaries and, and then not face opposition in the, in, the, in the November general election. Right. So um, uh, we also have a fair number, even, even as competitive as it is, we have a fair number of sitting state legislators who are going to get reelected uh, without even a primary opponent. Well, and then and at least a couple of, of people who are just walking into it new. I yeah. mean, uh, to, to summarize a little bit, uh, Bart Hester, state senator, Cave Springs, no, oppo- no opposition. Greg Letting, Fayetteville, safe Democratic seat mm-hmm. in uh, state senate seat in Fayetteville, uh, no opposition. A um, couple of others, uh, Delia Hake, over in Siloam Springs and Gentry. State House member. State House member. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the lucky uh, uh, winner was uh, Mr. McKenzie. Britt McKenzie in Brett Rogers. Britt McKenzie mm-hmm. in Rogers, who uh, Josh Bryant, his state representative, ran for the state senate mm-hmm. and for a vacant seat there. and uh, Not vacant, but no incumbent running in it. And uh, I don't know what you know, voodoo Mr. McKenzie used, but he, <laughs> he, he's brand new. He filed, and he's walking right so, into so it. So he didn't draw a Republican opponent in the didn't primary draw. or a Democratic opponent in the fall. So. Nope. So he just, and, anyway. And you mentioned Josh Bryant, who is currently mm-hmm. in the State House, is now running for State Senate seat that mm-hmm. uh, would have been uh, Cecile Bledsoe, I believe, yes. would have been the incumbent there, but she's not seeking re-election. Oh, she's term-limited, and she's believe, Okay, yeah. so she is, she's one of the rare folks who are term-limited, can reach the new term limit. Yeah, it's good. you've got to be there a long time to get term-limited anymore. Mm-hmm. And, well, and we'll get back to term-limits. Get back in, that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back to term-limits in just a second. So, uh, so Josh Bryant switched over to State Senate. He will have a Democrat to run against in the fall. He's got a Republican primary. Oh, he does have a yeah, Republican Jim, primary. T- Jim Tull of Crafton Tull oh, that's right. He's running against I'd, him. Yeah, I'd forgotten about. He's that. one of those businessmen I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Who, who you got him, and you got Mr. Dees in the uh, uh, Senate race in uh, Extreme North West uh, part of Benton County uh, of, of, of uh, Simmons Food in Asylum Springs, and you've got several other, several others mm-hmm. that. So. Uh, Anyway. All right. And uh, you, another, I think Austin McCollum uh, didn't draw an opponent in either in didn't the, draw in the an primary opponent. in the general. No. Uh, and what about uh, Nicole Clowney and uh, um, um, Denise, Denise Garner. Garner in Fayetteville? Yeah, Miss Clowney's in downtown Fayetteville. She's in a very safe Democratic district. And uh, ironically, Miss Clowney was in the... Um, and when she first ran in 2018, was in the first Democratic primary we'd had anywhere in the two counties since 2010. Wow. 
We've had yeah. two Democratic primaries in more than 20 years. Yeah. And this election season, we're going to have two more, yeah. neither one of which is in Fayetteville, yeah. ironically enough. Um, I'm, I'm trying to make sure we haven't missed anybody else. Um, oh, uh, unopposed candidates? Yeah, Jim Dotson is move, is uh, also unopposed, is that correct? No, no, he's running, Jim Jim uh, is leaving, another one of those, leaving his uh, House district. to oh, run for that run for state Senate? Completely brand new Senate district okay. up in north central Benton County. And he, um, but to answer your question about what's happening in his district, let me double check to make sure, but I believe that's the district that we have the... Republican uh, National, yeah, Mindy McAllendon uh, is running for his seat as a Republican, but she is going to have a Democratic vote. Okay, all right. In that district. Right, and then uh, Representative Dotson is is moving to a state Senate uh, seat, but but does have opposition. Hey, not only does he have opposition, he has the mayor of Bella Vista mm. running again. Mr. In the, Peter in the, Christie, in Peter, the primary. In the primary. Okay. In the primary. So he's got, you know, um, that's, I'll, I'll put it this way. He's got, uh, I would consider somebody who's a mayor of the district's largest city to be pretty yeah. uh, res- uh, accountable. Yeah. Opposition. Oh, that so could be, be a, that could be a fun race to watch then. That so, is a fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, there we've got yeah. a bunch of fun ones. Yeah. Uh, my personal favorite is uh, Senate District Thirty One, which is a that district and its predecessors in the District Seven, its pre redistricting predecessors. They're about to have their third state senator in fifteen months. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's a that's a situation we so can let's talk about. so let, let's let's <laughs> explain a little bit to our our listeners what that's about. State Senate District Seven, which is going away after this right. uh, after this year because of redistricting. Uh, Lance Eads was the senator there out of Springdale. He mm-hmm. re, he resigned to take another job. Mm-hmm. We just recently had a special election uh, that was mm-hmm. won by Colby Fulfer. Um, uh, who's the who? Who works for uh, the city of Springdale? Mm-hmm. So uh, Colby Fulford will finish Lance Ede's term. Yes, but he has chosen not to run uh, yes. in district state senate district thirty one, which is which is the new district that he'd be in uh, mm-hmm. if he were going to run. And so let's talk about who's running there now. Let me uh, let me slowly and carefully explain the musical chairs routine <laughs> yeah. we're working at. Oh, uh, and I'm going to start at the very beginning. Lance Seeds resigned on October the 28th. The state constitution requires a special election mm-hmm. to fill a vacancy for what was left of his term. Mm-hmm. So we had a heavily contested Republican primary mm-hmm. and a Democratic opponent. Well, we also had a Democratic primary, too. Had a Democratic primary. That's right. Democratic yeah. primary. That's stand corrected. Anyway, uh, not the so short version of this is that uh, Mr. Fulfer won it. Mm-hmm. He won the primary against a Mr. St- he he run, had to win the, the Republican primary. He almost won the Republican primary without a runoff, but he had a runoff mm-hmm. with Mr. St- a gentleman named Stephen Unger. Mm-hmm. Remember that name. So Fulfer goes to the Senate. He gets uh, he he wins over Lisa Parks. Remember that name, the Democrat. Okay. So Fulfer goes to the state Senate, gets sworn in on. He wins the election on February the eighth. He gets sworn in on February the twenty second. 
we kept asking him, and we asked him on one of these podcasts, hey, you going to run for re-election or not? You're, you're eligible. He, he wouldn't, he, you know, he's like, ah, I don't know, I don't know. So filing deadline closes, and Mr. Fulfer did not file for re-election. So he, um, but Clint Penzo did. Clint is a special, is a uh, state representative in what would now be called House District 19. Now, to explain something, Mr. Penzo couldn't run in the special election because he was holding an office, and there are laws against that. Okay, so up to date. Mr. Fulford did not run. Mr. Penzo did. We have, against in addition to him, a Mr. Andrew Thompson, who's a pastor, well-regarded pastor in Springdale. He's going to run for District 31. Lisa Parks, remember her, the Democratic primary winner in the special election, came within 34 votes of prevailing in the um, uh, special Senate election. She's going to run for this. And we also have Mr. Paul Colvin, Jr., running for that House seat. Uh, I'm sorry, running for that Senate seat. Mm -hmm. Let me keep my people straight. Anyway, he's running for that Senate seat. Mr. Uh, Colvin, you may remember, was the mayor of Tinytown. Mm-hmm. And then one day he, he quit, and what he said was frustration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, so he's going to run for it, uh, and that's going to be a lively Republican primary. And after all that, after all that, remember Mr. Unger, mm-hmm. the man who made the runoff? He's running for District 19 in the House. So that that. You know, he he made quite a showing for somebody who was new. You know, and, and does he have a primary opponent in, in District 19? Now here's that's the other. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> he has no primary opponent. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's going to be the Republican nominee, but he has two Democrats <laughs> running against what? him. What a Democratic primary! <laughs> a Democratic primary is kind of like a unicorn sighting up here. But no, we've got two Democratic. <laughs> We, and let's okay. talk about, let's not skip over that. Who are they? Who are the Democrats? They running are that race? Mr. Richard Billingsley and the and Paula Irwin. Okay. Now let me. Okay, I've I've had my fun and I've I've had a good laugh at these folks' expense. But let me quickly say something that is important here. You remember I've mentioned that in the all the time I've been here since 1998, I've I've covered exactly two legislative primaries for Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was uh, in 2018 for a House race. The other one was in, in 2010 for a Senate race. Now, both of them were in Fayetteville, mm-hmm. the little blue, blue spot in, in northwest Arkansas. This primary, we have two Democratic primaries, and neither one is in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned this one that's in Springdale. That one's in Springdale. District 19. And what's the other one? The other one is against, interestingly enough, uh, Representative Robin Lundstrom, mm-hmm. a, uh, a uh, incumbent who's been elected, um, uh, won her first election in, tw- in 2014. Uh, she and, and as I recall, has not, she's had... She's had uh, general election opponents, but hasn't... Has yeah. Had, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm going to be... 
real blunt here, Miss Lundstrom was a veteran campaigner. Yeah. I mean, she was Republican before being Republican was cool. Yeah. For years and years, and 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 worked on multiple campaigns. She's an experienced campaigner. She's a veteran legislator, and um, she now her district has changed mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, she lost Siloam Springs mm-hmm. in the redistricting. But, you know, although she regrets the loss of, of Siloam Springs and has told Siloam Springs, you'll always have a friend in me, mm-hmm. she was actually, it was the district she's got is drawn closer around her actual home of Elm Springs. Mm-hmm. It's mainly northern uh, uh, Washington County, north of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, west of Springdale. So, yeah, that, um, it's, it is uh, uh, an odd place. If, if somebody said, Doug, pick a place where there might be a Democratic primary, this is not the district <laughs> I would have picked. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But So so Robin Lundstrom doesn't have a Republican opponent, but she will. Democrats in that district will choose between two people to run against her. Democrats in that district will choose. Well, now I'm going to correct you a little bit yeah. there. Let's say that. Let's put, you know, and this is something that people voting in primaries need to know. You can vote in a primary, whatever state. We've mentioned this before. Right. You can vote in a primary, whatever party you are. And, you know, if you think, if you consider yourself a Democrat and you see a, uh, that there's no primary in your district except a Republican primary, don't say, oh, well, you know, too bad. You can go down and vote in a Republican. You can go down then to the, your polling place and you can say, I want a Republican Party ballot. You can do that. As a matter of fact, uh, that we I had a reader contact me after the uh, after full for one, uh, the the uh, runoff, and the uh, or, or either the primary or the runoff, and then contacted me and said, you know, I I think Democrats have been voting this Republican primary. You need to do a story about that. And I politely as I could told the gentleman and said, well, sir, if even if it's true, they had every legal right to do so. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 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 no law against it. So yeah, if you are in a district that has a primary in it, you can vote in it, whatever your party affiliation is. Mm-hmm. But you only vote in one. You have to choose between. You have to one choose party. one. You, yeah. you you have to choose. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. a very important point. And if there is a runoff, as there is very likely to be in some of these races, and you vote in the. Uh, Republican primary, for instance, you can't vote in the runoff if there. I don't. There, there's no districts where that yeah, really applies. Yeah, switch that. If you yeah. yeah, if you vote in the Democratic primary yeah. on May 24th, and there's a Republican runoff in your district, you can't vote in the Republican run. Let's remind voters what happened to Megan Godfrey. She was one of the few Democratic yes. legislators uh, from the area who is not seeking re-election. She was state house member, represented a Springdale district for two terms. So let's talk a little bit about what happened with Megan Godfrey's district. Well, Megan Godfrey bluntly called it a gerrymander, and so did her supporters. I mean, what basically happened is she represented downtown Springdale. The redistricting process split downtown Springdale and the part of Megan the part that Megan Godfrey lives in was included in a district that, that frankly has a lot of Benton County in it and um, it was the most controversial border change in all of redistricting and I base that upon the number of public comments submitted to the state board of apportionment which drew those boundaries um, 
No, they, her supporters were not happy about it. She wasn't happy about it either. But uh, she realized that she she decided that she, there wasn't much chance or much point to winning. And that added to the vacancies that we talked about earlier. So now we have two Republicans running for her district, for the district that she lives in now. And when asked about this, when, when confronted with accusations that this was a gerrymander, the um, people who drew the boundaries said, look, it was a goal of ours to create a majority Hispanic district in Springdale. And we couldn't include all of downtown Springdale and has, still have a majority Hispanic district. And that, you know, that majority Hispanic district is so-called District 9 in Eastern, in Eastern, House District 9 in Eastern Springdale. So that new district, District 9, that, that is a majority Latino district, who are the candidates there? Uh, Republican Deanna Hodges and Democrat uh, Diane, Diana Gonzalez-Worthen. And, and Ms. Worthen, she's run for legislature, legislative seats in the past, as I recall. She ran in a state Senate election yeah. uh, against, John, against John Woods, but, you know, it was, it, it, mm -hmm. Woods won it decisively. Yeah, right. So, uh, and then let's talk about District 11. That was the seat that Megan Godfrey could have run for uh, had she decided to, to, to seek um, uh, another term. So who's, who's running in District 11 now? Uh, uh, Robert Fair and Rebecca Burks, business people. Yeah. And, and they will face a Democratic opponent, Ray Hernandez of Rogers. Okay. All right. And I, I don't think we ever mentioned we got off track talking about, uh, about uh, primary election uh, rules, so we never named the two Democrats who are running uh, in the district against Robin Lundstrom. Hunter Vick and Monique Jones. Okay. So that's the other Democratic primary in the mm -hmm. area. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, we've been talking mm -hmm. about this for, for 25 minutes now, but uh, <laughs> that's a lot. And I know there's a lot more to come. Yeah. So uh, um, uh, anything else that comes to mind that, uh, that's, that's significant about uh, this election cycle that, that you'd want to draw attention to? I, I asked Janine Perry over at the university, political science professor, about this situation and why we have so many, you know, so many contested races. In addition to the points we've already discussed, which she, of course, knew about, too, she made an excellent point I hadn't considered before. Arkansas used to have the most restrictive term limits, and one of the most restrictive term limits in the entire country. I mean, you could only run for the House three times, and then you were out, for example. You could only run for the Senate for two full terms, and you were out. And that got changed in 2014. Now, it is true that we've had, you know, three elections since that law changed, but this is the first election, first one where we've had both new districts, new district lines, and uh, term limits where you can stay in the legislature for 16 years. And as Ms. Perry accurately pointed out uh, the option of just sitting around waiting for your uh, for, the, for the fellow or the lady who's in the office you want to leave if you want to be in the legislature now's the time you can be in the legislature for 16 years if you win now so that's very it adds to the competitive um, allure of uh, running for the legislature I thought that was a good point I hadn't thought about that yeah so there's 
no more waiting around for your turn. If you uh, if you want a chance to to be in the legislature, you're, you're gonna have to pick your spot and go. And I asked her too. I said, so why the Democrats, which frankly, you know, Democrats are in the minority in the legislature. There's only 22 Democrats in the 100-member House, for example. Mm -hmm. Why are they running in primaries against each other? I mean, and I, this is my posing the question to her. I mean, you know, they, they used to try and find a candidate for as many races as they could. Now we have Democrats running against each other. And her answer there was, there's only so many Democrat, only only so many districts in which a Democrat could possibly win. And everybody who's interested, who's a Democrat interested in the running for the legislature, knows where those districts are. And therefore, um, there's a little competition for those. She said, quite rightly, back when the Republicans were a minority, you saw the same thing happen with them. When they, there was only a few districts, there was a time not that long ago when there was only a few districts a Republican might win, and they did have primary contest back in those days. So I thought that was a point worth mentioning. Sure. All right. All right. Well, I know uh, you know that that's just a little slice of, of all of this. We didn't talk much about the River Valley or other parts of the region either th this time around, but I'm sure we'll get back to that. But uh, it's it's going to be a very interesting political year. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I will add this: you know, you mentioned the 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 the, the really strong majority the Republicans have in both houses of uh, or in the House, uh, and it's also just as strong in the in the Senate in the Arkansas Legislature. Even with all these competitive races, the likelihood of the of, of the majority changing in twenty twenty two is is oh, is, no. is is zero. I mean, the De Democrats have publicly stated their their goal is to get at least twenty five seats in the House mm. uh, and and nine in the uh, Senate because it takes a three quarters vote to pass budget in Arkansas, and they and until they get above that one quarter threshold. Um, Republicans, if they're united, mm -hmm. if they're united, can can safely ignore them. Mm -hmm. So that is that is their stated goal. And then yeah. you know, of course, to win, I'll put it this way: if if there was an opportunity, they wouldn't turn it down. But that that's their realistic, yeah, or achievable you goal. Know. And even that seems like a pretty pretty difficult hill to climb. And they frankly admit that they're not making any, yeah. any bones about it. Yeah. But they're 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 thinking strategically. They're competing for when they can, and I will remind you that, yes, it's a special election, and special elections are special, but Lisa Parks came within 34 votes out of more than 4,000 cast in winning that special election in, in, in the 7th District, the one to replace Lance Eads. And I've had plenty of people say, oh, you can't tell anything, that's a special election. And I'm telling you, any, but any Democrat comes that close in an election with Springdale, Elkins, and Goshen in it, uh, under any set of circumstances, that, that certainly raised my eyebrow. Yeah. I'll put it that way. On the other hand, you have the, the, the chairman of the state Republican Party saying, you know, mm -hmm. calling attention to the fact they've got more Republicans running for mm -hmm. uh, for office than they've ever had before. So, uh, mm -hmm. so both parties are going to climb, going to climb the high ground uh, <laughs> as we, as we move into election season. So, so it is. Yeah. All right. Well, Doug, thanks for uh, let's oh let's it's an election, so let's talk about the the details. Uh, oh yeah. yes. The uh, when uh, if you want to actually vote in this and you're not registered to vote when. Uh, What's the deadline? 
April the 25th. So April 25th is the deadline to actually vote in the, mm -hmm. in the, in the preferential primary, uh, which is uh, election day is May 24th. It's the third Tuesday of May. Uh, and early voting starts uh, May 9th. That is correct. So uh, election day is the 24th. Early voting starts May 9th. And if there are runoffs, which I'm sure there will be in some of these legislative districts. Oh, have to be, yeah. Yeah, uh, or the runoffs would be June 14th. That's so, right. Uh -huh. I mean, yeah, if, if, if some of these elections don't have runoff, I'll be shocked. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, and it's not just a legislative seats on the ballot. You have, uh, you'll have your county, county offices, justices of the peace mm -hmm. uh, in each county in the state. You'll also have um, uh, uh, elections for state um, constitutional officers, governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, attorney general, commissioner mm -hmm. of lands, uh, state auditor, state treasurer, uh, and we'll have our um, our uh, U.S. Uh, Congress members in the third and fourth districts, which are both both represented in our coverage area. And yeah, then, yeah, and then yeah. A, and then uh, uh, primaries in those races, and then a U.S. Senate primary uh, this year as well uh, with uh, with uh, uh, John Bozeman uh, and uh, um, Mr. Beckett. So. If you are a voter who ever wanted to see a change or keep things the way they are, I guess, yeah. but if you're a yeah. voter, now is the election to go vote. Yeah. This is it. It's yeah. a, it is a lively one. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more to come before uh, May 24th gets here, So, and Doug will be on top of it. So, Doug, thanks for being here today. Thank Appreciate you. it very much. Thank you. Be sure to read Doug Thompson's story on the Northwest Arkansas Legislative Primaries in this weekend's editions of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. We've also got a lot of great content coming your way on other topics. For example, why did hundreds of black vultures choose Eureka Springs as a spot to spend the winter, even roosting in the top of some of the historic buildings downtown? Our man Bill Bowden swooped in to find the answers. Parrot Island Water Park, jointly owned by the city of Fort Smith and Sebastian County, turned a profit last year. Thomas Sassente takes a look at how the park recovered from the pandemic-plagued 2020 to have such a successful season. Arts on Main, a gallery and arts education organization, opens its new space in downtown Van Buren. We'll have a story about that. The Fort Smith School District is looking into how best retain teachers. Monica Brick will have those details. Stacy Ryburn will take a regional look at how the tourism tax revenue in the bigger cities in Northwest Arkansas bounced back after that awful year 2020. Janelle Jessen will tell us how the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences is teaming up with local nonprofits to address food insecurity and to improve access to healthier foods. Should a man mistakenly released from prison almost three years ago have to go back and complete a sentence? Tracy Neal takes a look at this case. Dave Perosic will tell us about two Bentonville West high school students who launched the Hispanic Excellence Initiative. It's an effort to help students who come to the area from Spanish-speaking nations navigate high school and the college admissions process. The Sunday What's Up Entertainment section has a great story about an organization called Black Fret and what it's doing to pair local musicians with national touring acts. We'll have all the coverage you need of Arkansas's big basketball game at Tennessee on Saturday at wholehogsports.com. And keep up with your favorite high school basketball teams as the state tournaments wind down this weekend at nwaonline.com. Subscribers can find all of this content and much, much more at our website, nwaonline.com, and on our replica apps for tablet and smartphone. If you're not a subscriber, don't miss out. 
just click the subscribe button on our website or call us at 479-684-5509. Again, that's 479-684-5509. You can also subscribe to this podcast for free by tapping the button on your device right now. We'll be back next Friday with another edition of the Know the News podcast. Until then, this is Rusty Turner saying so long. Music